everybody. Welcome to Anna Ridley's Weekly Weather. It's a Gemini moon. We're working on this stuff. Um, this is the weekly weather for June 26th to July 3rd. As you might imagine, this week the feminine is active and angry. All right, so we're going to be working with that energy. We're going to spend a little bit of time on the decision at the end of the podcast. And then I will be doing a full analysis of the overturning of Roe v. Wade chart. So subscribe to the YouTube channel and you will get it. It will be sent to you. I'm going to work on it later today. Um, so here we go. We're off and running. We have all this new energy that we're working with. We are uh, up and running. We are in a whole new chapter, as you might guess, in terms of the world and what's going on and where we're headed and all sorts of things exciting this week which is always a fun, that always makes for fun astrology. So there's a couple of you wrote and said, you know, you predicted it. I'm like, I know, but I missed the gun one. You know, I saw that with the Mars, the Mars to the south node, uh, and I did not get that. I was like, Mars is war and guns. Well, and it was overturning the state legislature's rights to regulate guns. So we don't have to, we don't have the right, states don't have the right to regulate guns, but they do have the right to regulate women's bodies. Hello. Okay, where are we going? So I promise the politics will be at the end, but I will take you through uh, what's ahead this week because it's a big, busy week, as you might guess, and Remo is very active this morning. Um, he loves the Gemini moons because he has Mars and Gemini, so you'll probably see him at some point in the podcast showing up and going, hi, I'm here. So forward into the week. It's an interesting week ahead, as you might guess, and we will see what's happening. So, taking off like a rocket, still our theme with Mars and Aries, but now Venus and Pallas Athena act. And they get going and they say, hey, this is what's up, this is where I'm heading, this is what's important to me. Uh, so first up, Mars and Eris meet up on Monday. Okay, Mars and Eris, Eris is the goddess of discord. She has a really dark mythology. Um, and she is Aries' sister, interestingly. She's Mars's sister. So she loves war and, you know, argument and aggression. And we just heard uh, that in Ukraine, they're retreating. Uh, the Ukrainians are retreating, retreating because, uh, you know, they're going to be annihilated. So that's a good thing. We do notice that Mars all this week is approaching his square to Pluto, which will happen. Uh, Mars Eris is never a pleasant one. Mars square Pluto is never a pleasant one on the world, on the world. You know, in your own chart, if you have those active, in, you know, this is a natal excitation for you. For the rest of us that don't have a Mars Pluto aspect, we go, oh, wow, what's going on? So a lot of energy, a lot of passion, kind of pay attention to where these planets fall in your chart. Um, 24 cardinal through 30, 28 cardinal, because that's where they're very active. And that's where the square is happening, in your Aries house, squaring your Pluto. Now, notice this is an opening square that we're heading towards, right? But here, Mars hits Aries on the second house. Now, this is money, value. These are all charts cast for Washington. So what's a value? How are we taking action? How are we working with the angry feminine? How are we working with Aries, the goddess of discord, in high dungeon? And um, Aries, of course, uh, you know, it's an interesting, it's an interesting um, planet, Dwarf, dwarf planet, um, because she's very tricky. You know, she really gets you on hubris, too. Uh, so if you're doing something and you're just a little bit too big for your britches, this is a takeout. This is a takedown. This is a problem. So there's an interesting energy with Mars on Eris. And um, when she comes there, when he comes to her, he triggers her and he says, go. Now, notice these planets are all in the first quadrant. Houses one, two, three, four. So for the DC chart, for Washington DC, thus our country, we see Saturn on the ascendant and we see Mars Aries. We're gonna have a lot of angry women uh, and we're also gonna have a lot of restrictions, which we know with the, um, with the abortion ruling that just happened and a lot of energy around, you know, how are we, what are we doing and how are we taking action? So there's a lot of energy that's very feisty. Remember last week, Mars sextiled Saturn uh, and so now it's in a square to Saturn or it's in a it's in a conjunction to um, uh, conjunction to Eris and coming up to a Pluto with Saturn. So there's a lot of energy here. I was I thought I had my pointer on. There we go. Let me do the laser pointer. Okay. So there's the Pluto. It's computers. They change when you don't even expect it. And there's the Mars Uranus Aries in the second house of what's of value. And you can see Saturn angular in this chart, uh, right on the ascendant. So this is very much about 
you know, when, when Saturn's on the Ascendant, there's a force holding you down, and then the Mars is like, you can't hold me down, because he's past the blockage of Saturn, but he's approaching the square to Pluto. Never an easy week, right? So just gentle with yourself, kind. The moon is out of bounds in Gemini, and it will be out of bounds when it's in Cancer. And so when we've got those out-of-bounds energies, we recognize that planets, when they're out-of-bounds, they behave in a bad way. Um, not, out, not always in a bad way, bad way, but they don't follow the rules. And the moon right now is slow, so we're really feeling the slowness, the intensity, the uh, you know, that build-up energy, right? So that's, the, that's up first. Then, Neptune is stationing to go retrograde. Now, this is important. Uh, and, of course, the five days before and the five days after, which were last Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and then uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday this week. Neptune is stopped in the sky at 25, 26, and he entered his shadow back on uh, March 7th, and he will be retrograde until December 4th. So everything that you started working on that was a dream since March 7th is going to kind of pause and go, okay, now we're going to go backwards for a little bit. we got to go back and revise, revisit, move forward. But Neptune also gives us a very strong emotional reaction, which certainly the last few days have been emotional. Uh, also a very strong energy of illusions falling. You know, back when I was a kid, we used to have Super 8 movies, and when the film would break... And, you know, you'd put it back together and, and then start the movie up again. So this is the film breaking. We're seeing something we hadn't seen. And, and it's important because the sun, the moon is square Neptune, kind of activating that. But most importantly, Neptune stationing in the 11th house of groups and associations and tribes and community and who you, who's your friend, who's your person. So that Neptune stationing there is a really big, important energy. Notice Venus is on the ascendant right sitting there. So Venus on the Ascendant uh, is saying women, Mercury communication, of course the moon's out of bounds, balsamic phase. So it's in an intense, piquant energy figuring things out. Doesn't have a lot of energy to begin, but it's in this mulling. So if you've ever poured a little vinegar, balsamic vinegar on your salad or on your Brussels sprouts after they're roasted, it's that kind of delicious energy. So, but the Neptune station is big. And of course it was last Thursday, which was part of me saying, you know, next week, last week was gonna be hard, but I didn't really put Neptune in, but I, I didn't even have a clue how emotional it was gonna be. So, you know, I mean, I had a clue, but I didn't have a clue, you know what I mean? It's Gemini Mercury. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hedge, not hedge my bets, but I'm gonna go, I had a clue, but I didn't have a clue, you know, that kind of, that's Mercury and Gemini. It, it emphasizes things and repeats things because it goes, did you hear me when I said that? I did. What did I say? Well, you said, no, 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 no. That's not what I said. And of course, with these Gemini planets, very important to pay attention to liars. So when people say to you, well, you know, that's not going to happen. You go, really? You lied to me already. <laughs> Do I believe you a second time? Once a liar, always a liar. And I think it's important um, I think one of the things that we forget is people show you who they are. So when somebody lied to you last week or if someone lied to you and deceived you, you want to kind of look and go, wow, okay, so that means I can't trust you. And I, you know, and I, I tend to be a little moralistic on this because I was raised by a mother who used to line us against the wall when we lied. And there were three of us who ate the icing off the cake. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. Uh, my brother would always confess because he was a Taurus, <laughs> and he didn't like his mother mad at him with a little moon in Pisces, and um, Mary and I would get off. <laughs> but also, because we all ate the icing off the cake, it's just who did the most, right? But it really made me very aware of liars, and it made me very aware of when people don't tell the truth, and why they don't, and, and understanding why they don't. And so, but when they show you they're fibbing, you have to kind of go, oh, okay, so you're not telling me the truth, eh? Hmm. Good. Pay attention to this. Uh, the new moon happens, and that happens at 10.52 uh, on Monday, on Tuesday night, right? And it's a delicious new moon. It's over there in the fifth house. Notice it's got Lilith, who's also out of bounds, and Ceres, who's out of bounds. 
and the moon is out of bounds. So they're all in this little cluster in the fifth house of children, creativity. And of course, Lilith was Adam's first wife. Uh, she left because he tried to be dominant over her. And she said, suck an egg um, and left. And then she was accused by him of stealing her seeds, his seeds during nocturnal emissions and making babies out of them. Lilith is very prominent in abortion and abortion providers, as well as um, people that work in, uh, I have some nurses who work in the NICU, they have Lilith because the babies are living on the edge of life and death. And a lot of times Lilith is there when people leave. You know, I have a couple of death doulas who help people depart and they have very strong Liliths. So she's in that transitional energy of the twilight where we're seeing transitions happening and also she is out of bounds uh, and she doesn't like to be controlled. So, and she's of course between uh, the sun in Ceres and of course it's the sun and the moon are in Cancer, out, moon's out of bounds, that whole section's out of bounds of the chart. It's in a hard aspect to the ascendant. The, the Cancer moon is in a hard, a quincunx, which is an adjusting energy. So this new moon is very potent. I am doing a new moon webinar. I promise we won't spend a lot of time on Roe versus Wade, but it's understanding this is a super, super strong moon for where you don't want to be held accountable anymore. So, you know, this is, you know, they've been covering that thing called the Great Resignation. This is that. I don't want to be beholden to you anymore. You can't tell me what to do. I'm going to go do what I want. So it's a very potent energy. Uh, and, of course, it's fueled by Mars just having kicked into gear with Eris and the Mars coming to square the Pluto. A couple things. That makes this a violent summer or a violent month because the moon is uh, the new moon is here not wanting to be subservient and this Mars is, is in a square. We also see Venus down here on a world point. And Venus on a world point is the feminine energies and Venus is in a sextile to that moon in the sun. So there's a lot of energy around the feminine, and we also see the Uranus, North Node, and of course, uh, Pallas Athena is on Elgol, the fixed star of beheading, justice beheaded. So there's an in, it's an interesting new moon chart. We'll spend a lot more time on the mythologies in it, and certainly as a representative of what we're working on, and of course, it has a Neptune station. So the whole point with this new moon chart is you're not going to know how it's going to turn out when you initiate stuff, but initiate you must. So there's an energy of initiation moving forward that's very, very strong in this chart. Next up, Pluto trines Athena. Now remember, she just got her head cut off, as did Venus, as did Mercury. They all went through Algol, but Pluto trine Athena, um, she is the father's daughter, right? She sprung from her father's head because um, her mother wasn't there. He'd eaten her mother and whatever, and you know, and then because his wife, he was cheating on his wife. He was a liar. He was cheating on his wife, and. Athena now trines Pluto. So she says, okay, so let's have a little conversation about how we're using our power. And Athena wants, understands, respects, appreciates power. And, and she also is the rule of justice, the rule, the ideas of justice. Last week she was very active. We had the hearings for um, the January 6th. We had the rulings with the guns for all the states. They can't legislate gun control. And then we had the Congress pass a gun law. It's very skitsy energy, right? So Congress passed the first gun law in 30 years, and uh, the Supreme Court wiped out a 110-year law in New York that you can't carry a concealed pistol in New York State. You can carry it. You can get a permit. We give you permits. People with I know a lot of people with carry permits. Um, but you have to have a reason to carry. Otherwise, leave your gun at home. When you go out, you can go to a shooting range and shoot things. You just don't travel with it loaded. But they knocked that down, which is going to affect every state in the country because it's now the rule of the land, right? So, and then, of course, we had the Roe decision. So this is a really important thing with Pallas Athena trying Pluto. It also is showing the power dynamics going on, on in, around law and legal matters. And, you know, this is a, a very potent energy, Pluto trying Athena. It happens once every four years. It's an opening trine. Uh, so it is taking things out into the world with consequence around control. And notice Pluto's in the sixth house of the body, and Athena is up there at the top. Uh, the 11th house is the house of legislatures, so the legislatures can control your body. Can't make this stuff up. We love the astrology. And that little, that little mess of cancer stuff is over here, 
right? And so, um, you know, we can control your body and what, what happens to it. Um, and, of course, we have those mask mandates and all that vaccination fight. We are really working on personal autonomy as part of this Pluto uh, return for the United States. Next up, Mars square Pluto. This one's nasty, but usually the action happens before Friday at 10.15 at night, 10.13 at night. But this also is an action-oriented energy. Again, the planets are in houses one, two, three. One, two, three is I got to do it. I got to be me. I got to go. I got to do it. Boom, boom. Off we leave. So moon's in Leo over here in the seventh. It's a little calmer, but it also is a public witness. Moon is the public. And this Mars square Pluto is very strong. Uh, and Pluto's in the 12th house, which is a hiding space. So this can bring up a lot of things from the underworld in your own life, in your, um, in your friends' lives, in the people that you know lives. This is also a violent aspect. So if you have friends who are despairing or having a problem or emotionally having difficulty, please pick up the phone and check in on them, call them, tell them you love them. Uh, because with all the swirling energy of the Neptune and the energy of the Pluto, there's a lot of energy here where, you know, things get missed, things get lost. You kind of go, did I, did I miss something? Did they say something? Because of the Neptune stationing retrograde, and it's at 25, and then there's the, the, these two guys are in a fight. So it's understanding there's a lot of emotions and people reacting emotionally to things, but it's also a lot of energy around people not necessarily communicating well when they need support. And that comes from the Mercury here, squaring the Neptune. See how Mercury's at 24, squaring the Neptune? So there, people are going to feel emotions, not necessarily know what to do about them. But because of the Mars-Pluto, they can react in anger. Uh, they also can take action that isn't necessarily uh, in their best interest. So check on your friends, people that are having a hard time. You know, just kind of communicate to them that you love them. You know, it's a good day to kind of have that, those kind of conversations. And then, last but not least, Ceres is an out-of-bounds series is in a trine and a sextile to the nodes. So this chart, she's up here. It's in the second and the eighth house, so there's a lot of energy about forward motion, full steam ahead, what's going to happen. And it is a Libra rising chart, right? So it's answering to Venus uh, in DC, you know, adjust for yours. But Ceres in a, in a trine and a sextile. So she's trining the south node, she's sextiling the north, and kind of pushing things as Athena gets ready. Not quite yet. She goes next week into Gemini. Uh, but so Ceres at the top of the chart really speaks to an energy. And remember, Ceres is out of bounds. Uh, the uh, Lilith is out of bounds. And this, this Ceres answers to the moon in Virgo. Moon in Virgo, Virgo moons in general, when people have them in their chart or when they're having a progression with them, it tends to be you work hard. You, you don't have a lot of money. You're working hard. You're maybe not as affluent as you might be in other times. So this chart speaks a bit to the poverty of women, uh, with Ceres, of course, being Mother Earth energy. She's where we get cereal from. She's how that all works. And then uh, we'll do it in a second. We'll do the Roe v. Wade. I want to put it in a separate thing so people that don't want to hear that can uh, go off and do other stuff. <clears throat> okay, so this week the, uh, the sun is going. From um, stop the share. Okay, I'm getting better at this. It just always takes me a little second. Okay, so this week the sun is going from uh, four of Cancer, four fifty-eight Cancer to eleven thirty-eight. So every planet in your chart between four and eleven is going to be activated by the sun. His most exciting aspects. Um, you know, he's not really that active, but the moon is active. So the moon is going to encourage some changes in how things work. He does have a chine to Vesta on Tuesday, which we looked at. Um, so that's encouraging a nesting or a going home. And in my case, that's the day I'm actually traveling back to New York. So next week when you see it, there'll be the green, the green corn plant behind me. Um, also, the sun has a square to Jupiter, which is an overdoing energy. That happens on June 28th. Uh, and it's an opening square. He does a square once a year to Jupiter. But this is the square of, okay, I need to take action on something. And he also has a sesquiquadrate to Saturn on July 1st. So there's a lot of energy with the sun. Sesquiquadrate is stressful energy around groups and communities. People may be a little cranky over the 4th of July weekend, which is this weekend. How did that happen already? 
Um, and then uh, Mercury this week goes from 1450 Gemini to 2647 Gemini. Mercury is very active. He's moving pretty quickly. He's going almost two degrees a day. Um, he does have the aspect to the nodes of fate on the 30th, which is interesting information that you're going to get about something. Uh, you know, uh, choices. A lot of times this is a quit job or a leaving or it's my last day or I'm done here or a new beginning because it's got a new beginning energy because it's tying into the fates. Mercury also has a trine to Saturn on July 2nd. So Mercury trines Saturn in Aquarius, uh, Gemini to Aquarius is speaking to him. And Mercury also has a sextile to Eris on the 2nd. So notice Eris and Saturn are at the same degree, right? And Mercury is going to be aspecting them. Mars was last week and earlier in the week. Mercury is now aspecting them. So he's saying, okay, take that Mars energy. What do you want to do with the structures? How do you want to work with the structures? And then secondly, how do you want to work with the uh, discord that's up and running? So Mercury is busy communicating. He, is, uh, he does have that square to Neptune. So you want to make sure that you're not acting completely out of emotion. But we're going to offer that emotion fuels it. And when people get angry, you know, I always remember having a discussion at one point when I was in therapy and my therapist is like, well, anger is a secondary emotion. I'm like, no, it's very primal. It's very primary. No, but it's from something else. It's been triggered by something. I'm like, no, I'm just angry. You know? And so go in and understand it. I have a Mercury Mars square, so I don't always know what makes me angry. Although I've gotten much better at figuring that out. So, you know, watch for the anger to rise with that Mercury Mars and then the Mercury-Neptune, kind of a diffuse anger. You know, it gets bigger. It kind of globalizes. So that's, at the, that's towards the end of the week. Uh, Venus this week is running from uh, 4.15 Gemini to 12.37 Gemini. So planets in your chart between then. She does have a nice sextile to Jupiter on the 28th. So there's a positive, pleasant experience then. Venus is also on the world point, the 28th, the 29th. So there's a lot of communication, a lot of energy, a lot of talking about things, getting stuff out there. And then towards the end of the week, she has a sesquiquadrate to Pluto, which gives her, uh, that's on the third, that gives her um, a little contentions, a little contentious energy. Mars this week is going from 23 Aries to 28 Aries 50, and he is busy. Now we've had a couple weeks where Mars hasn't been busy, but this week he's busy. So he's got a sextile to Saturn, right? Which is which we which we have experienced all you know at the beginning of the week on the 27th. Mars sextile Saturn, and then he has a conjunction to Eris, which we spent some time on. Then he has a semi sextile to Neptune. So if we look, Mars is in a condition where he is talking to Neptune, and Neptune is whispering in his ear. Uh, this is not good because <laughs> Neptune can say to Mars, "Well, you know." What can we do? So there was a <clears throat> there was a famous I'm drawing a blank on the king, but the priest was Beckett, and and he was giving the king a hard time about what he was doing, and the king said, "Well, no one rid me of this this troublesome priest," and so the knights heard him say that, and they went and killed the priest. Four of them went and cut him up. So this is Neptune to Mars. So watch for people saying things to you that are provocative. They make you want to go cut up a priest or cut up something. You don't have to cut up a priest. But they're going to make you want to cut up something. You want to be a little careful. It's provocation. And when provocation happens, you always want to watch, sit back, and go, what are they provoking? Now, I was raised with an Aries father. So I'm well aware of Mars. I'm well aware of Aries energy. So we really want to watch where the Mars is provoked this week. And you want to be conscious about the provocation because he's with Eris, which means he's going to flare up really quick. He's in fire. And then he has a square to Saturn, so he runs into that wall. Boom. Now, normally Mars and Saturn work well together, but when they're in a square, they're antagonists, right? So it's fighting against the power and the control. Conscious fighting. Make sure you have a good shot. Make sure you take a good aim. Mars, three on a match was considered unlucky in the foxholes in uh, World War II because the third match, the third cigarette lit, gave the sniper enough light to shoot you. Right? Little flare, they didn't. They, but it was up for three, three lights, three on a match. 
Energy is really volatile. Careful, careful, careful. This is also, if you do fireworks at home, careful, because this is the fireworks having problems. We want to be a little conscious about fireworks causing problems. So careful with the fireworks, too. Very out of control energy. And it might think it's a good idea, but not a good idea this week to play with fireworks. Um, and then the square to Pluto, which we talked about. And the Neptune we did. Saturn's not doing anything. Pluto has the trine to Athena, which we covered. All right, off we go. And then we look at the moon this week, our moon calendar. Dut, dut. All right, so the moon this week is in Gemini today, tomorrow. Hang on. <coughs> I'm going to sneeze. Um, it goes void tonight with a square <coughs> to Neptune. Moon squares Neptune. Later in the week, Venus is going to square Neptune. Moon is out of bounds. Squares are emotional reactions to things, and of course, uh, Venus, Moon is the feminine. Moon is out of bounds, having an emotional reaction. <laughs> then we go into the new moon in Cancer on Tuesday morning at 7.53 a.m., and we have the new moon at 10.52 p.m., so the moon is in Cancer on the day Neptune stations, and uh, the moon is in Cancer Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, goes void at 4.14 p.m., moon goes void with an opposition to Pluto. Right, so that's a separating energy and a little pushy, a little pushy. Moon's void for four hours on Thursday, and then it goes into Leo at 8.30 p.m. Remember, these are East Coast times on Thursday, and then it is in Leo for Thursday night, all day Friday, Canada Day. Welcome, Canada Day. Happy celebration. The first, it's in, it's in Leo on the first, on the second, uh, and then it goes void on the third at 5.59 a.m., Moon goes void with a trine to Mars. Moon and Leo trining Mars and Aries. That's a powerful, active energy. Uh, very important, very action-oriented, very focused. And then the moon is void for three hours on Sunday night, the 3rd. And then it goes into Virgo at 8.31 p.m. And it will be in Virgo uh, Sunday night, all day Monday, Independence Day. Uh, Tuesday, and it goes void on Tuesday at 2.04 p.m. with a trine to Pluto. So the back half of the week is very action-oriented in getting things done. The DB days are Friday the 1st, because that's the Mars uh, square Pluto, but really probably Thursday. Um, uh, so Thursday, Friday. The weekend is okay. It does have some emotional stuff, especially on Sunday. There's a lot of inconjuncts and a lot of adjusting energy where people are really feeling like they need to make an adjustment. The moon is in conjunct, Mercury is in conjunct. It's just kind of a crabby, a crabby Sunday. It's not bad, it's not like extremely stressed, but it's emotionally challenging. So, but it has a nice closing aspect, so that's okay, as does uh, the Virgo moon. Cancer moon, not so much. <laughs> that's Tuesday, uh, that's today. Monday, the the Gemini moons now, but the Tuesday moon tomorrow is um, uh, moon squares Jupiter, moon's angry, moon's crabby, Neptune stations. So the 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 tough day is probably Tuesday, with a follow up being Wednesday, when the moon aspects Mars and Pluto, and forms a very volatile T square in an out of bounds state, where we're feeling really emotional. So that's the week ahead. Now we'll just spend. For those of you who are interested, we'll spend a little bit of time on the Roe v. Wade decision. It'll be here, and then I'll do a longer, um, a longer chart with it. But that gives you an opportunity uh, to check it out and um, see it. And if you want the longer version, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and it'll be recorded probably today before I leave for New York. Um, all right, so let me share again. Okay, getting good at this. Getting, getting, getting good at this YouTube stuff. All right, so let's look at the Roe v. Wade decision. Now, one of the things that happens, we you know, we know a time. We, when did it get posted? 11.16 in the morning on Friday in this, out of the Supreme Court. Um, so this is a chart. Now, a chart that for an initiation always tells us how to deal with it, too. It's like a birth chart when we look at your birth chart. So if we look at the original, which I will in the thing I'm going to record separately, um, but we look at this chart and we go, oh, okay, what's going on? So ninth house is legal systems. There we see a lot of activity in the legal house. We also see the Mars here squaring Pluto. Down here in the fifth house of children, Mars square Pluto is an ending. We see the moon Uranus up here in Taurus. 
Uh, the ruler of the chart is Leo rising, 27 Leo. Interestingly, that's Donald Trump's ascendant. And this is where elections matter. Uh, Merrick Garland was not appointed by um, Mitch McConnell. So there was a stolen seat, which he placed, uh, Gorshin. Then he got Kavanaugh legally. That was a legal seat. And then Ruth, B Ruth Bader Ginsburg died. And they pushed through Amy Comey Barrett. So those three judges that Trump appointed are all very conservative and they formed the block that overthrew Roe, overturned Roe. But so that is Donald's legacy with this Leo rising. He gave us this court. Those people are all in their 50s. They're going to be on that court for 30, 40 years because there's no term limits. Uh, we do see Mercury high. They all lied during their confirmation hearings. Okay, so, you know, it is as it is. We notice over here Saturn on the descendant, right? See the descendant there? When planets are on the angles, they make a statement, they make a point, they make a choice. So Saturn on the descendant is we are stopping this, ending Saturn square. Notice the Mars sextile to Saturn. Mars is approaching the sextile in the 11th house, coming to Eris. And we're saying, hey, go fight about it in the States, Mars here, Mars Eris. We're, we're letting it go. We're, we're giving it back to you. Uh, bye. And, of course, Mars is squaring Pluto. So we see that this is... Mundane astrology is really cool, and I would encourage you to study it and add it to your bag of tricks because you really see a lot of cool stuff. Um, we also see, uh, we know that we're still, we're in the Neptune station, even though we haven't seen the station, but she's in the eighth house where people go, what do you, what do you mean? What do you mean you're doing that? Now, because Hillary won by, I think, 8 million, Biden won by whatever he won by in the popular election, but then we have this electoral college. And the Electoral College is a legacy of slavery. The Constitution was written by a bunch of white guys that were landowners. They didn't accommodate women. They didn't accommodate blacks because blacks were enslaved. They didn't really care about minorities. They didn't care about the people that came over, the unwashed minions that came over and, um, you know, did the services, the indentured servants. One of my grandparents came over as an indentured servant. She worked for seven years and then got her... Uh, got her papers or whatever they did back then to live in the United States. So the energy is that that constitution doesn't include women, minorities. It doesn't include two-thirds of the population, right? Half of the women or half of it. And it doesn't include the other people. Uh, the white guys that own land, they're the ones that it's written for and written by. So the Electoral College was drafted uh, as, a, as a solution to say, well, the Black slave-owning people wanted uh, wanted the, those people counted, so they got they got a three-fifth of a count. If you owned somebody, you could get three. You know, you owned you owned a few, you could get extra points. So that's where the electoral college came in. It also came in to help the agricultural folks. Now, the legacy of our country, we're having our Pluto return, right? And there is a Pluto return option. You can buy the Pluto return that uh, lecture I wrote. But we we when we broke away from the colonies. As colonies, we broke away from England and we said, we don't want your colonial imperialism. We then got a little violent and we went after the indigenous people and killed a hell of a lot of people that already lived here. The Pluto return brings that back. The Pluto return brings that back. So we have that gun law that got passed the day before this, which has a very similar chart um, to this chart, the overturning of the gun, the gun legislation, the gun regulation. Um, and, of course, what was the gun then was a musket where you loaded one shell at a time. So we also saw the gun laws getting gutted and new gun laws getting put in place by the Congress. So, again, this chart is not quite, it's still Roe v. Wade, but those two decisions came boom, boom. The states can't regulate guns, but they can regulate women's bodies, right, as a double, double whack. Uh, we also noticed this chart's very Western. We do notice this stuff up here in the 11th house. Remember, the Lilith is out of bounds, the Ceres is out of bounds, and the Sun is out of bounds. But the Sun, Leo rising, this is Donald Trump's legacy. And I have to say, one of the things with Trump is he always tells you what he's going to do. He said he was going to do this. He did it. He, I mean, the guy gets accused of lying, but I'm also like, but he always tells you what he's going to do. And he actually said, I think this is a bad decision on the Supreme Court's part. And I went, Donald's right. I mean, I give the guy propers. When, I mean, he's right a lot. I mean, he's got his crazy stuff, which we totally acknowledge and appreciate. And I didn't like him when he got elected and had a huge fight with my uncle about him. 
my uncle ended up not talking to me for a couple of years based on what I said to him about Donald Trump. And um, yeah, so, but Donald's right. He goes, I don't think they should have done it this way. And of course, uh, Roberts dissented, but the five, three of the new ones, off they ran with Alito and, and Thomas. And all of them lied to us under oath. So that's one of the things that's up. Like they lied to us under oath. I mean, Manchin, you know, Mr. Manchin, Senator Manchin, who is not a happy, they lied under oath. I mean, he didn't say it that way, but he did say, he said something that kind of implied, like they perjured themselves. Is that grounds to do something to them? You know, go and lie to the Senate and get confirmed and then uh, get, your, get in there and do your duty, right? So, so it's an interesting chart, but it definitely shows the overturning. It also shows Saturn over here in the seventh, the ending of things. We also see Vesta in the seventh which is migrating and moving. And Vesta is very active with the Venus squaring Vesta. When we look at the chart, as I mentioned before, we see the series out of bounds down here. We see the um, uh, Lilith out of bounds. Lilith, of course, is implicated in abortions. Uh, she's often prominent in abortion providers' charts. She also is prominent when you have an abortion or when you have a miscarriage of a baby that has some kind of uh, birth defect. It's very common in a birth defect baby. Um, it also is very common in, um, or when a child is born with a birth defect, it's also common in NICU nurses. I read a number of them, and they work in the intensive care for babies, and um, neo neonatal intensive care, right? And they are, they often have strong lilis. They're also very prominent in people that do doulas, doula work. My, a lot of times midwives have them, welcoming the child in. A lot of times death doulas help them, help help them helping childs out. But we see that Lilith is up here with the Sun and Ceres in this chart. When we look over here, we're gonna go through and look at these a little. So of course, the chart pointed out, Saturn is conjunct the descendant. That's a big deal because that is a permanent final ending energy, right? So we watch that. We also see we're in the day of Venus and the hour of Saturn when this release, when this judgment was released, Venus is here. Uh, talking to Saturn down here in the seventh, the two of them are paying attention. Venus, of course, rules the midheaven elbow. Uh, Athena's up there, and Venus is up there with the nodes of fate, angular, right? Uh, angular nodes, big deal, fated event. Here, when we look at the Arabic parts, the Arabic parts are always interesting because they give us a whole understanding of what the chart's purpose is, right? So Jupiter plays, we're going to have a lot of people writing about it. We have Saturn, opposite land journeys. People are going to migrate to have work, have the abortions provided. Uh, New York State just passed a law that if you come to New York and your state says if you travel out of state to get an abortion, New York says if you come here, we promise we'll protect you. I don't know how that's going to work, but that's Saturn, opposite journeys. And it also means that this decision means it's going to mean people taking land journeys. Moon is on the part of private enemies. Well, that makes a lot of sense. The women have a private enemy that they're looking in the face, those five judges on the Supreme Court. Venus is on the part of increase. Now, this one's important. Let's go look at that earlier chart. Venus is up here in Gemini. Gemini rules ballots. 80 million people voted in the last election, but a third of the country does not vote which is about 80 million, 73 million people don't vote, that are eligible to vote. The largest group of unregistered voters are the kids between 18 and 34. Who are gonna be the most affected by this decision? Venus here, high, in Gemini, down here, the third house rules ballots, rules tickets, ballots, and so the third house is ruled by Venus. So one of the things that we can do is get the people that go, well, voting doesn't matter. Voting matters. Hillary won the general election by popular vote, but due to that electoral college, a legacy of slavery, she didn't get to be president. If she had been president, she would have gotten the Gorsuch appointment and that Obama was denied by Mitch McConnell. Great. She didn't get it. Mitch blocked it. Donald got that one, plus two more, right? And he pushed Amy Comey Barrett through, Mitch pushed him through, even though Gorsuch couldn't come in the spring because there was an election. But even while people were voting, Amy Comey Barrett got pushed through. Now, I will say, 
when we look at the um, the fixed stars, you're going to see that this is a long-term plan by the Republicans. They've been working on this for a really long time. But they have now gotten a boom, and all the people that said elections don't matter, they do, because Trump won because of the Electoral College. And all this hoo-ha with January 6th is because he was pissed because Biden won the popular vote and the Electoral College vote. Trump lost, but he got that nomination. He got that appointment, ascendant rising, Saturn there. He's shaping the court for the next 30 years. That is his legacy. So when we see that Venus there on the part of increase, I would like that to increase with lots of young people. Venus rules younger people. You know, Venus is a younger feminine. Registering to vote and voting. I encourage all of you to print out voter registration forms for your state carry them around, and when someone talks to you about Roe, say, have you registered to vote? Here's a registration form. Go register to vote. Let's get in there and take over so that that you guys that don't vote, 24% of you vote. That's not a lot. These are your rights they're going after. And then they're also, Clarence Thomas, he's got a really interesting chart. Of course, one of the rights to privacy in his chart was that he could marry a white woman because he was part of, he got took advantage of the loving version of Virginia which was under the privacy law but he said like come after me come come guys give me the ones on abortion or on contraception give me the ones on gay marriage give me the ones on being able to have the sex of your choice with the partner of your choice there's still a lot of sodomy laws on the books all across the country that will pop into order the minute the Supreme Court gets that ruling, that opportunity. And Clarence said, come on, send me those cases. Send me those cases. So, But he didn't say, send me the one about getting rid of interracial marriage. But that's under that law, too. So, Clarence, you be careful. We're going to come after your after your marriage. Jupiter opposite the part of place. Lots of writing. Saturn opposite the part of journeys. Lots of stuff. Uranus on the part of merchandise. Now, this is interesting. Because when I say this, I'm like, it's an opportunity for people to really present things and to present things in a new way. Well, what house is Uranus in? Uranus is up here in the ninth house and says, you think those votes don't matter? Look at that moon Uranus. Those guys did that to you. Go take action, do something, get it get it set up. Of course, it's going to do a lot for fundraising, but I don't really care about that part. Neptune opposite faith. Totally, totally part of that. Now, the U.S. chart is having a big Neptune transit. Uh, we have Neptune in Virgo. And um, Neptune is opposite our Neptune. Uh, We do have separation of church and state. And I'm totally cool. If you don't want to have an abortion, that's your right. Mazel tov. But don't tell other people that don't have the same beliefs as you do. And, of course, I'm a Catholic, but it's all Catholic judges. And I'm sorry, and I say this with complete respect for Catholicism and Christianity because I consider myself a Christian, what Jesus said, not what the Catholic Church says. But... You know, Adam and Eve, Eve was the bad one. You know, Adam ate the goddamn apple, too. They blame us for everything, and they're really screwy. <laughs> they're not allowed to have women. They're not allowed to be softened. They're not allowed to invest in the feminine. And the only woman that they're with is a Virgin Mary. I mean, it's like a little fucked up in their vision of what women are. So we got a bunch of old guys that are really fucked up, excuse my French, because they were... Raised in the Catholic Church. I know a lot of Catholic guys. <laughs> That's why I don't date them. <laughs> I know. It's, it's, I shouldn't say that. I have dated a few. Um, but generally, they're not my preferred group because of that law about what kind of sex you can have. <laughs> so just that Neptune faith, right? Uh, also, series opposite water journeys, emotional tears, traveling over water. We do have Lilith on the part of fortune. So Lilith is going to rise up. She's right up there on that part of fortune. And we also have her on the part of understanding. And, of course, Eris on the part of sickness. So we're going to watch for uh, folks that are ill or or have illness based on not being able to have a a terminating pregnancy. The fixed stars are kind of interesting. I'm going to get my cheat sheet. Um, Because they're active, too. So the sun is parallel Hamal, which is violent brutishness, cruelty, and premeditated crime. It's the head of the ram. It's Mars Saturn. It's a fighting energy. Arcturus, Venus on Arcturus, parallel, great pride, grandly liberal, commanding cosmopolitan views, 
all about self-determination. This is Venus, the goddess of women, or women energy, feminine energy, self-determination. Venus is also conjunct Murfak, which is less than honest dealings with others. Pride of the warrior, uh, gain, they gain a trophy or prize, but because of their overzealous nature, it tends to overestimate their ability and they disregard caution. Those five judges disregarded caution of John Roberts, who said, don't go taking it away all at once. This is not a good idea. And look at Venus on the part of tickets. <laughs> you know, go register to vote. Um, Uranus is parallel Aldebaran. Aldebaran is the nature of Mars. It promises a violent death and ultimate ruin by pride. This is a biggie. And it is the bullseye. It also is a war aspect. So Uranus parallel Aldebaran brings war. And Uranus, if you remember, is in the ninth house of the uh, Supreme Court. Pallas Athena has moved off of um, uh, Algol. Now she's on Capulus, which is blindness and defective eyesight, persistence, endurance, determination, and a focus of the energy. So where we like to think with Pallas Athena that justice is blind, we're all kind of looking and going, that's eh, a rigged game. That one was a rigged game. Uh, Lilith, of course, the goddess of uh, uh, abortions, as well as um, the goddess of not wanting to be held subservient, is on the announcer, on Mizram. And often it represents words before time. Words brought before time, which probably would describe this. And of course, we got the words before the time because we had the leak. And then last but not least, Venus is, uh, um, Vesta rather, is on Dendi, Denibi Edgi, which is an ingenious nature, clever intellect. And it also represents a public punishment because of the theft of the spoils of war. Now, this was a long-term strategic plan by the Republicans. God bless them. Those people are very organized. Democrats, it's like friggin' herding cats. But I don't think they really anticipated it. And Donald Trump said, I don't think they should have done it. <laughs> so he's right. I agree with him. Uh, last but not least, the asteroids, Venus, Moon on Urania, Uranus, Mercury on Cassandra, speaking the truth, and, and are you heard or not heard? Uh, Jupiter uh, on Juno and Hera, you know, harnessing the feminine. Uh, you're going to get all levels, all levels working on this. Saturn parallel Orpheus. Uh, Orpheus, of course, was a descent into hell. Neptune on Nemesis. Remember, Neptune is very active in this chart. So Nemesis suggests that you are not seeing that you're setting yourself up for a fall because Neptune's on Nemesis, which means ne your Nemesis is hidden from you. And I think for a lot of people it was hidden from them where they woke up and went, what? Elections matter. Register to vote. Vote these people out of office. Vote for democracy. And get enough that we have a supermajority to make the rules that the American people want. Why is a small group running? Now, I will say that's a colonial thing. And I remember being in Africa, and we were doing the colonial stuff, and the guide was saying, well, what you do is you take a small party that isn't popular, and you give them the power, which is what the United States has done a lot when we've done government overthrows, right? Take the small group and give them the power, and then they get really mean, and then they control things until we don't like them anymore, like Saddam Hussein, and we take them out, right? So... I know my politics are really showing on this. I warned you, I warned you. So, so anyway, we have this energy of, okay, a small group getting control and controlling the rest of us. So what are we going to do about it? Are we a democracy or not? We're really a republic because of those friggin' electoral colleges. But that doesn't have to stay. That only got put in law in the, uh, after the Civil War, around the time of the Civil War. Doesn't have to stay. We can get rid of the electoral college. We can just kind of banish it, get rid of it, but we have to have the votes to do it, and we have to have everybody voting. 73 million people, let's get registered, let's vote, let's show up at the polls and say, this is what's important to me. And with that, I offer you a brief analysis. I'll go into a little bit more depth with the uh, chart in, in a special thing. Make sure to sign up on my YouTube, and you'll get a notification when I load it up. Okay, we're doing a speaking at Omega. Uh, Heart-Centeredness in the Stars, that's going to be September 16th, 18th. We had a great time last year. Sign up, come, it's fun. It's a beautiful, beautiful campus in upstate New York. 
uh, where there is wonderful food and beautiful walks in the park and a labyrinth and really good astrology, talking about how to stay heart-centered in a very uh, wild and crazy world. Remember, we got this for two more years, people. We are not done with our Pluto return for two and a half, actually till December of 2024. So it's important for us to step forward and say, this is the vision I have for my country. It's not being run by a bunch of old guys and a crazy woman who's a handmaid in the Christian religion that she's in. She's literally called a handmaid. When Gorsuch was nominated, I, she was on the short list, and I looked her up, and they scrubbed a lot of this off the website. But the group she's in is actually called the handmaid, and my, one of my friends in high school got into that group. They're okay to beat your wife. I mean, this is not what we want our country to be. So come talk about being heart-centered. <laughs> that kind of diverted off there. It's, it's Venus and Gemini. What can you do? Uh, the cup full of stars, Patreon, sign up. You get a daily audio, me talking to you for six to ten minutes. Lately, I've been a little more long-winded. Sometimes it's been 11 and a half. And a list of the aspects for the day. And you can sign that on Patreon at Dan Ortley. I have the Pluto return. I did an in-depth analysis. Just got asked to write an article for the Ingress in New York uh, on the Pluto return of the United States. And then Jupiter-Neptune conjunction, which is what's the dream we're working on? What's the dream we're working on going forward? So with that note, we are finished with the podcast, and I wish you all a wonderful, wonderful week ahead, and that hopefully everything in your life is terrific. And watch that new moon. Make sure it's a really juicy moon about manifesting. Trying to get this thing open. Really juicy moon around manifesting your life and what's important for you. So it's a great week to really focus. And next week you'll see me back in New York with the corn husk behind me, the corn tree behind me, which has been being watered for the months I'm down here. And Remo didn't show up. I don't know where he is. But, um, yeah, have a great week. And I will see you next week. Blessings. This is the Pluto return, people. We were talking about it. Now we know what it is. All good. We're going to get through it. We've Think of all the countries that had Pluto returns all over already and got through them. So it's a matter of standing up and saying, hey, this is what I believe in. This is what I fight for. This is why this is important to me. And uh, each of us doing that can really, really help a lot. So forward you go. Have a great one. Bye. This conference is no longer being recorded.